All right, perfect. We are live. What's going on, everybody? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Me and Mr. Jeff Fulson, seconder in the house. Wanted to come at you guys today. There's a lot of stuff happening in crypto right now. And um, as always, we want to bring you guys timely news of um, different major global shifts, different executive orders, what, the, what different countries are doing, and how those shifts economically are impacting uh, this market. And then also, we're going to be covering towards the end of the show, um, considerations of how to potentially prepare and balance your portfolio. So different considerations, Jeff's going to break down some of those for us. It's time to stop trusting the public markets and look to history's first trillionaire on how to build real lasting wealth. Look, over the past 14 years, we've applied these exact principles in more than 300 plus transactions. Not one single investor has lost money. That trillionaire was King Solomon. We'll be sharing his wisdom on how to build wealth in a way that's translated for the 21st century investor. My name is Blake Templeton, and this is the Solomon Investor Podcast. So first, let's get into some of the news. A lot of things happening over the last week. Um, Jeff, I think that be good throwing it over to you. I really want to talk about uh, the new executive order that just came out from President Biden in the White House. And uh, I'd love to kind of break that down back and forth with you and uh, share with the good people what's going on. Yeah, so the executive order and honestly, just regulation in general has been a big question mark for a lot of people, which is presents a lot of risk. When we talk to potential investors, that typically comes up. It's like, hey, what's the regulation risk? What can we expect? And we finally have some clarity. We've We've heard from the SEC say, Hey, Bitcoin is a non-security, but they haven't really mentioned too much about other uh, coins in, in which there's about 20,000 now. And now we have some clarity of where the United States wants to take regulation. So overall, the executive order that was last week was a really big deal because it was actually positive sentiment from the president of the United States. He pretty much said that they want to be, which when they, the United States wants to be the leader in digital assets and blockchain technology, which is a huge deal because a lot of people are worried about them saying, hey, we want nothing to do with this because of X, Y, and Z. Like some, you know, China banned miners. They've banned a lot of different cryptocurrencies. Russia said, hey, well, we want to actually um, treat cryptocurrencies as a currency, which is more positive. So we've seen different ends of the spectrum. And obviously the global power, which is the United States, is incredibly important to the market and the growth of the overall industry. And overall, that sentiment from that that executive order was very, very positive. The only thing that uh, you know that maybe brought some concerns to some people in the crypto space that aren't really used to you know traditional finance and regulation was the fact that uh, he pretty much just said, "Hey, we're going to do every everything in our power to limit illicit use of cryptocurrency," which is absolutely. I mean, that's, that should be expected. So there's a yeah. few like ways to look at it. You can, um, you know, it depends on your investment portfolio and thesis and your objectives and things. But um, if, you're, if you're trying to reduce risk, you can just stay with buying Bitcoin, okay? If you want to have a little bit more risk, but don't want to also expose yourself to some sectors within crypto that's going to be heavily, heavily regulated, like uh, privacy coins, that's probably a good idea to stay away from, from some of that. So what's important from here on out is to kind of keep your, your finger on the pulse to see, okay, what sectors within crypto are they potentially going to pursue 
against, you know, others, like which one's going to become a problem and which one's not. And let's avoid the ones that are going to become a problem because that will have a significant impact on the price. But I, I've talked about it a little bit this week about how important this is. Regulation is, is super important because it brings clarity and it allows public companies and institutions and large, large amounts of capital to come in. If we want this market cap to be over 10 trillion and even close to 100 trillion, there has got to be some type of regulatory clarity. And this is something that needs to desperately happen. Also, somewhat of the problem is them trying to paint all of you know, the crypto space and digital asset space into securities laws, which is, you know, they're, they're dinosaur laws. And it's really difficult to paint a, a brand new asset class um, into an old set of laws. So I do believe they're going to have to reconstruct uh, how, how the laws are, are written. And they're probably going to have to create new laws just for digital assets. But yeah, Zach, I wanted to hear your opinion as well. We actually haven't talked about too much about what you thought of the executive order and regulation. I'm, I'm curious if you even agree on me, agree with me on, uh, on that point that it's kind of more of a positive thing than, uh, than a negative. Yeah. So, um, just to kind of touch, touch and you hit a ton of really good points. So, um, let's, I'd love to boil a couple of those down. So for the, for all these, all of you listening, um, you know, we're speaking on this on a regular basis. And a lot of questions I get asked, uh, still to this day is, uh, the idea of, you know, well, what's going to happen when they tax it? And I'm like, well, just so you guys know, crypto's already taxed, <laughs> you know, um, what's going to happen when these regulations come or what if the government bans it or tries to outlaw it or do this and do this. And those are concerns that people still have. So like those, I think those of us that are in the industry, I, I have for a very long time, um, and obviously Jeff has as well, have believed that it would be the right move for the US and other countries to align with cryptocurrencies rather than try to fight them, right? How do you, how do you benefit from them? And I think that um, it was a natural progression. So what we're seeing here is we are seeing the US recognizing, number one, uh, this industry, that it is here to stay. I think it legitimizes and uh, brings validation to so many people around the world when the number one global power is coming out and saying, we support this and are not going to fight it, but also want to lead in it. So that from a sentiment perspective, I think that's extremely powerful for the long-term sentiment. And when sentiment changes, that, that, that gives comfort and peace to so many people who have maybe been on the fence or have been uncertain about whether or not they wanted to participate. Okay. So from my perspective, it was a, it was a win, not an if. And now that that win happened, we have more clarity and we can see, we will see continued adoption, expansion within inside this market. And I think now we know that the timeline has moved forward with that and it has great positive benefits moving forward. So sentiment, I think is kind of the first thing to, to grab a hold of. I think this is extremely positive for the market as a whole. Um, second, um, Jeff mentioned, you know, regulation being a good thing. So us as operators in this space, and um, if you're just managing your own portfolio, you know, you may look at it a little bit different, but we have to manage money in a fund where other investors are involved. And so we've always operated with the sentiment of being prepared for the worst. And um, we've operated, you know, in alignment with what happens if this regulation changed, that regulation changed, and we've been in preparation for it. Now that we have a better idea of what's going to happen, this does open up the market to so much more money and many more investors. Jeff mentioned big money coming into this space. And there's been an extremely high interest from the highest levels of institution, the big money, the family offices, and uh, these people that could put 
uh, massive backing into this market. And it's been extremely difficult and still is to this day, extremely difficult for them to gain access. And now as more regulation comes on, you will see a more streamlined process for bigger money to gain access into these markets, in which case that means there will be a greater demand, an extremely increased demand for these assets, which we know when demand increases and the supply isn't necessarily um, growing with demand, we're going to see a supply and demand deficit, which should in turn be extremely favorable for all of those of you out there that are currently holding, you know, these quality assets that will be adopted. And I do say the quality assets that will be adopted because Jeff mentioned there's 20,000 now, and a lot of those, a massive number are, are not quality. Um, but uh, we're not going to, obviously we don't have time to break down every single coin. It'd be, um, you know, take forever and, and obviously of no interest to, to us or probably to you. So um, yeah, I would say it's extremely favorable. I think the fact that the U.S. is coming on board, I think that uh, it validates it and brings it forward. And I think that, um, I think that we're going to see um, bigger money coming in at larger amounts um, in the near future. You know, I think a couple you know, a month or so ago, I was saying that it was probably going to be 18 months to 24 months before we able before uh, institutions were able to access it at the levels that I think they want to. And um, you know, with this new movement forward, I think that uh, that timeline is going to hold true, and we're going to see that expedited and more money coming into it, which is great for everybody that's invested now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is one of the quotes that we were kind of alluding to. The United States must maintain technological leadership in this rapidly growing space, supporting innovation while mitigating risk for consumers, businesses, and broader financial system and the climate. And then this was like the perceived negative part where they talked about mitigating the illicit finance and national security risks posed by illicit use of digital assets, which is, too, I mean, that should be expected. Right. And then I'd say the last thing, uh, and then, yeah, Biden clearly outlines that the administration does, doesn't want to push crypto abroad Instead, they want to protect the regime and the superiority of the dollar. If you guys aren't aware too, when China banned mining, they were the largest cu- country that was mining crypto. Now the United States is the largest. And I think that is extremely important if you care about the United States still mm-hmm. holding that that uh, you know global power and that first place within the economy. It's, I, it's absolutely necessary to, for them to be uh, leading the blockchain and, and digital asset space. Hundred percent, and I'd say the last thing too. Then this this is something we've talked to a few people that that uh, don't really understand what is happening. Really, is there's over eight countries that are creating CBDCs right now, and the United States is con- highly considering one. They've already said they're going to release one, which is a central bank digital currency. So the the difference between this and the U.S. dollar, you're probably thinking, well, the dollar is kind of already digital, and it kind of is because think about. Well, how, how many times do you actually touch a dollar bill when you're going to buy something? Like pretty much never now. So a lot of it is digitized, but the problem is it's built on the old payment railways. So what they're doing now is they're building new uh, digital dollar on, on uh, new financial railways, which are way more efficient and effective so that you could actually send a quote unquote wire through the blockchain and someone can get it very, very quickly. Instead of if I send a wire at 4 p.m. on Friday, we're not getting it until Monday at 9.30 a.m. You know, there's a bunch of issues with the traditional financial system that uh, blockchain is going to 
uh, impact and revolutionize. And that's exactly what the government is starting to do with CBDCs. Now people say, oh, oh my gosh, that's going to kill Bitcoin. It's like, no, that's the exact opposite of Bitcoin because people use Bitcoin because they want something that's decentralized. A CBDC is the definition of a centralized uh, currency. So it really has no impact. Uh, it, the only impact it would have is like, you know, if you really care about USDC, oh no, there, there goes your 0% return when you hold USDC there. Uh, so yeah. I, um, one note on that, Jeff, you know, for everybody listening, you know, I think that, you know, ultimately whether you're in favor of CBDCs or not central bank backed digital currencies, um, I think that there is a net positive for the crypto community because once the entire world, or at least all you know, users of the dollar fully understand how to utilize blockchain, fully understand how to operate on this type of network, um, it will increase the knowledge, awareness, and education of every single person as it pertains to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, which in turn makes a much more natural path for um, adoption, right? So then it's just going to be a decision of where do you want to operate? But everyone will know how to operate. And when everybody understands how to operate, um, people will be able to make their decisions uh, much simpler. And um, I think you'll have more people learning uh, this side of the market, which in turn brings more adoption. So I think, I think we could find some positives out of that as well. Totally. And one of the last uh, questions I want to address is just kind of like portfolio allocation. So we, we talked to a lot of you know, traditional investors that are maybe they're very, very heavily involved in real estate. Maybe they're heavily involved with their brokerage accounts and, you know, different, you know, Schwab or Chase or whatever. They're very traditional. They are starting to understand that how crypto maybe could fit into their portfolio, but they don't actually understand um, the benefit from it, right? A lot of them, I could talk about utility all day on, right. you know, what, what the utility of of crypto is and where it's heading in the future and how it's going to impact business and all these different industries. But from an investor standpoint and an asset allocation standpoint, I want to show you guys this, which is just the last five years of performance. So in the top corner, we're looking at a typical portfolio, which is a 60-40 portfolio, which means this is like a traditional, very traditional portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Okay. The compounded annual growth rate is 11% and an annualized volatility of 7%. And then a sharp ratio is 116%. And the maximum drawdown is 21.6%. So um, the 21.6% is that's just the maximum amount that it's, that it's, uh, that the account will go down by if we head into like a bearish time where the asset starts to sell off. So you want a lower drawdown, you want a higher sharp ratio, which also like it shows you pretty much expected return uh, factoring in risk as well. So you want a higher sharp ratio and then you want obviously a higher growth rate. So a higher uh, compounded annual growth rate. Um, and you can see that then if you go to conservative, okay, let's try 58% stocks, 40% bonds, and 2% Bitcoin. That's what this uh, middle one is. You can see the compounded annual growth rate went up to 13.5%. Uh, the sharp ratio went up to 144%. And the drawdown actually went down by 0.1 because the assets are uncorrelated. So when you're de developing uh, a, a proper um, portfolio and you, and you believe in the modern portfolio theory, which 
you want the highest expected return, you want assets that are uncorrelated in a portfolio, then you want to see a smaller drawdown and a higher compounded annual growth rate. Now let's go to moderate. We've got a 55% stocks, 45% bonds, and 5% Bitcoin now. So we haven't even touched any other coin, but we're just 5% Bitcoin. We are now at a 17.39% return. That is pretty ridiculous of, of an impact. Just 5% Bitcoin in the portfolio. It brings it up to uh, almost 17.5%. Then you'll see that the drawdown also came down by 0.3% as well. So all around better. And the sharp ratio is now at 160%. And then you'll see at the very end, uh, the last one, which is Bitcoin and some of the top 10 uh, altcoins. If you hold the top 10 altcoins and you allocate 5% of the portfolio to Bitcoin, 5% to the top 10 altcoins, and then you also you know, put 58% in stocks, and 40, 40% in bonds, you'll see the return, the compounded annual growth rate is 24.34%. And the drawdown is only 21%. And also the sharp ratio is 176%. So a lot of people, and there's multiple studies that we've talked about multiple times. I've been talking about this since 2019 is adding a little bit of, even if you're not even comfortable with Bitcoin, if you're trying to understand this whole thing and how it even works, the data is here. The data shows that it's really important to have in a well-diversified portfolio because it actually decreases the volatility and the drawdowns, believe it or not. Everyone thinks, oh, if I put crypto in, I'm going to have massive drawdowns and massive volatility. Well, the data shows that actually you have less drawdowns and then your return is much higher over longer periods of time. Yeah, if you buy it today and you and you freak out next week and you sell it at a low because the price went down, that's a different story. But when you hold on to it long-term, at least the data shows that it's really important to have in your portfolio. Yeah, this is super helpful, Jeff. I appreciate you walking through this. And you know, there's so many people out there that, like you said, they're still just wondering what to do. And this is great for anybody who is at that crossroads where you feel like, well, you understand it's a legitimate industry, you understand it's not going anywhere, but you just haven't uh, fully spent the time to dive in and you're processing what you might do to allocate. I mean, you can start at a smaller percentage. Um, and the data here shows that a small percent of allocation, just a, sh a shift can significantly impact, you know, your bottom line. And, um, you know, this again is, is very conservative, you know, I mean, yeah. I'll just tell you for, for Jeff and I both, it's not, it's not 50, 45, and five. <laughs> um, the more, the, the, the more time you spend in this market, um, I mean, honestly, just the more you fall in love with it. But for anybody watching, we wanted to give you guys some, some real tangible data as far as consideration. So if you're processing, you know, that you want to make a change, you want to make some allocation and um, are considering it, here's some of the data that can help you, you know, process what you might want to do with your portfolio. Obviously, we're not saying this is what you should do. This is not financial advice. This is simply data to show what, what has happened over the last five years as far as performance. Now, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say one of, the, one of the difficult parts is people say, okay, well, the top, the top 10 altcoins, like, okay, what happens when one leaves the top 10, one joins the top 10? Am I switching that? Am I holding this? Like, how do I know what, cause the things in crypto can change so quickly. And that's exactly why our business is so valuable because that's exactly what we do. We actively manage um, some of the top altcoins against Bitcoin. We're actively managing that. 
uh, on a daily basis. And we've been able to consistently outperform over long periods of time. So um, if you do have interest and you are a credit investor, um, there's some information below this video as well. Yeah. You, yeah. You just go down on the show notes. Yeah. Um, good point. That is what we do. <laughs> we manage hedge funds in this space and, um, you know, help investors gain access to a diversified portfolio, what we would call an actively managed index. So that investors can gain exposure, put their money to work and um, continue to uh, grow with us. So um, appreciate you bringing that up. But um, yeah, I appreciate everybody tuning in. I think that's all we got for today. Jeff, anything else? Nope. I'm all set. Well, other than that, hey, like and subscribe. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate your time. We know um, your time is the most valuable thing. And so we appreciate you sharing it with us. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Same bat time, same bat place, um, which is, why am I going blank? 5.30 Eastern every Thursday. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Right, guys, here comes the thanks and the shout outs. We want to thank everyone that leaves reviews and the written reviews on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms. Just know they mean the world to us. If you've taken the 30 to 60 seconds, you know, extra seconds to show love and to give context of why this has been worthwhile for you and why this podcast has helped you, we thank you. We're going to give a couple shout outs of our favorite reviews each podcast. So please give us some love with a five-star review and thank you for joining the Solomon Investor Revolution.